I want them to leave with knowing that they are the most important person in their child's life and they can help their child. You know, I specifically try to help parents help their children with their weight, but it, it kind of goes to anything. Parents, you are the most important person in your child's life. They're watching what you do. And so the work that you're willing to do on yourself will 1000% benefit your child. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. A big shout out to Fallible Nation. You guys make this all possible, and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is board-certified pediatrician and certified life and weight coach, Dr. Sheila Carroll. Dr. Carroll, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm I'm really excited about this episode. Uh, this is always a interesting topic as a parent. I have I have two younger children, uh, eight and ten, and you you worry constantly about that example you're setting and what you're doing and how they're eating and right. It's just crazy. So I'm so excited about what we're going to discuss today. But Sheila, I don't do big introductions. So before we get rolling, who is Dr. Sheila Carroll in your words? I am a, I have a 10 year old. Oh, he just turned 11. I have an 11 year old boy. I consider myself a mom first. I am a pediatrician. Like you mentioned, I've been a doctor for 23 years. Um, we live in Maine. Uh, we are just, I'm just a regular person. I've seen, you know, I started this, uh, topic of trying to help families, uh, address, their life, healthy lifestyle issues, because I'm, we're experiencing that in our own family. And also, um, I've just seen so many patients in the office who are struggling with this. And there's definitely things that parents can do and that you can do as um, adults to help your child, frankly, without your child really having to do much at all. Okay. Now, Sheila, you, you work with a lot of parents, both as a pediatrician and now as a coach. Let, let's just get the cat out of the bag and level the field for everybody. What's the biggest parenting mistakes most parents are making trying to help their kids live a normal, normal healthy lifestyle? I think parents underestimate what they can actually do. I have a lot of parents, well, so just to be perfectly clear, I actually left my job as a pediatrician after 23 years, uh, about six months ago, um, for a lot of reasons. Wow. One, I wanted to spend time with my son, more time with my son, and I really want to focus on this uh, healthy lifestyle um, medicine approach, even though I'm not functioning as people's doctor, I'm more functioning as their coach. Um, but all in all my years experience, I think the biggest 
mistake, if you could even call it a mistake, but I think it's parents not having the confidence and not understanding how much, uh, I guess, power would be the right word and how much influence um, that they have over their children. Sometimes, parent, sometimes parents bring their child to the doctor, to a therapist, to someone and, and say, here, you know, uh, please help me with my child. And yes, uh, of course, all of those people are there to help you with your child, but you're with your child 24, you know, year round, day in, day out, more than once a week, more than once a month, you know, obviously. Um, so when parents feel empowered and parents understand the role that they can play, that is the most powerful way to help your child with, with weight issues, with anxiety issues, with any, really, frankly, any, any health issue in my, in my opinion. Okay. I wanted to start with that just because I want all of the moms and dads, because for a men's show, I actually get a lot of women who listen to my show as well. I want all the moms and dads to take this home, okay? No parent is perfect. We're all learning as we go. There are a million books on this subject and no one's got it down pat. And no one has it perfect for your family and your children in your relationship. So you're not alone if you're making some mistakes out there. I make mistakes every day as a father. So I wanted you guys to hear that. Me too. We all have <laughs> to work, okay? Now, Sheila, before we get too serious here, what's just something absurd that you like to do? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what is some things absurd we like to do? I like to do. I, 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 I don't know. Are you, that's a, that's a stumper. <laughs> we, I love sports. I don't know if that's absurd or not, but I spend a lot of time, my free time, it's just relaxing for me, like watching sports on TV. My son likes to play in a lot of different sports. Um, sometimes I think it's absurd the amount of time I spend doing that. Are you an extreme fan? No, no. I'm like, I like an NHL. No body pain or anything? No, no. I'm like a regular person. I live in Maine. It's snowing out. I like nature. Uh, you know, I'm... I don't know. I'm just normal, normal, <laughs> regular person. Everybody has that thing. It's what's your thing? People just don't think about it. I just randomly do stupid stuff, like just out of the blue, and it doesn't matter if anybody's here or not. Like everybody can be gone, and I'll just randomly break out making weird faces at my dogs being stupid and loud, and it just just kind of has to explode somewhere. Right. My, my, my kids and I make faces at each other. They'll be doing their homework and I'll go kind of distract them and be like, make a face and be like, you know, from across the room. And I, I was dancing off screen before we started recording, before you got on, okay. just getting it out. I, yeah. I just have these moments where I just have to kind of let it go. Having but, fun. Yeah. Just, yeah. just yeah. let it all loose and yeah. stop taking myself serious for a minute. So. And if your kids see you doing that, that's so good, right? Like, that's my, so my kids were, uh, you know, my wife is on the other end of this engineering. She, they were looking over her shoulder as I was sitting there dancing on camera, laughing. Like, dad's being so weird. 
but secretly they love it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they're usually there with me. You know, if we, we we like to have just random dance breaks. So have fun. That's good. Now, Sheila, I would be remiss if I didn't ask at the onset of the show. I saw you are comfortable with the question: How do we get our picky eaters to help be not so picky as we make healthier choices in our own uh, family nutrition plan? How do we deal with our picky eaters? I every every parent in America would choke me if I didn't ask that. So, so the first thing I would like to offer is I even though I know I used the term picky eater in a blog post that I wrote, yeah. um, I think getting rid of the term picky eater, not using that even even to yourself or to your child, because I you know when I'm seeing a lot of kids hear their parents say my son is a picky eater, my daughter's, he's so picky. That child internalizes, oh, I am a picky eater. I must be a picky eater. My mom thinks, my mom or dad thinks I'm a picky eater. I must be picky. So that's the first thing. Like I would just try to stop labeling someone a picky eater um, because that sets the stage for them to think that about themselves. Um, and just like you and I, I think kids, uh, there kids, certain kids like different foods, different tastes. Um, and I think as adults, we have to accept that. I, there are certain foods I don't like to eat and I don't like the taste of. And I know that there's certain foods that my son doesn't like the taste of. And that's perfectly normal. I think part of what we, when kids, these today, when kids are saying we don't like I don't like this food. I I asked parents to try to think about is it that they don't like the food or is it that the child is comparing that food to another food that they like more? And you know, kids we're so used to having so much sugar and so much sweetness in our foods today. When you offer a child uh, any vegetable that's not sweetened or a food that doesn't have sweetness, a lot of times kids' initial reaction is, I don't like that. But I sometimes, and, and they might not have the cognitive ability to really take it to the next level and say, oh, I guess I'm just... I like it less because it's less sweet. They just kind of say, I don't like that. I'm not eating that. Um, but we know all over the world that children eat lots of different fruits and vegetables that are not commonly eaten here in the United States. Um, and so I think with picky eating, you know, with when kids say, I don't like something, I, I think that that's okay. And I think parents can still keep offering that to the child and just keep trying to introduce it without pressuring them to actually eat it. One of my favorite games, my daughters, our little local supermarket, we live in a really small town in the middle of nowhere, but our local supermarket is really great about bringing in fruit from all over the world. Oh, cool. And so, and, and the nice lady who heads up the produce section is really awesome about explaining things. And, you know, I've had to ask like, okay, how do I feed this to them? Yeah. I barely know what this is. 
but she she absolutely loves it like she'll cut fruit open right there on the spot and stuff like that but we'll go and see if there's any fruit we don't recognize and buy that and bring it home and figure it out and see if we like it together and stuff like that it's, it's so cool because they bring in like rumbotten and uh papaya and we we get stuff from all over the world dragon fruit that's so awesome. That's so wonderful. That's such a wonderful thing you're doing for your daughter, for your family. That's a perfect way to introduce something new and and then see if you actually like it or not, you know? It was it was their idea. We were walking through the produce section one day and my oldest daughter was like, "What is that?" I was like, "Oh, that's a dragon fruit." And she's like like picking it up and looking at it. I was like, "You want to try it?" She's like, "I don't know." I said, "Well, I'll try it with you." So we, we asked, you know, the nice lady in the produce section is like, is there anything I need to know about this? How do I serve this? Yeah. And we, we brought it home and cut it up. And uh, they both love, I'm probably saying it wrong, robot and, and like these little, they're about this big and they look like a spider. I mean, they got little fuzzy, like long brown tentacles all over them. And I don't even know those. You have to crack them open. And it's got like a, almost like it looks almost like a leche or something. Okay. On the inside. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're they're common in parts of Africa and India. Yeah. So they're wow. they're they're really cool. It's like I don't even know how we got these here in this store, but yeah, <laughs> sure, you know. That's a great way to you know to kids are really interested in where food comes from usually, uh, and that sometimes is a good way to introduce new foods to people. Talk about where they're grown how they're grown, the, you know, depending on the age of your child, you know, they like hearing about the people who help grow the food, transport the food, all of those things, you know, can increase the child's interest in why you're eating something. And the other thing is, instead of just saying like, well, we're eating this because it's healthy for us, or it's, you know, it's, well, actually, this, you know, if you figured out whatever this, mm -hmm. you know, spinach or whatever you're eating has this particular vitamin or mineral that is going to help your muscles or help your bones or help your heart. And kids really like that because every single child really wants to be healthy. They, they already are healthy usually, and they want to keep keep that way keep themselves that way so they're interested in eating well so right. so drawing on the foods and why you're eating them and how they're gonna help their bodies mm -hmm. uh I, my experience has been that kids really like that so i was doing research for the show because i always spend some time getting to know uh, who's coming on the show before i talk to you so that way i i actually have something to talk about right it sounds reasonable but <laughs> I was looking through some of your material and you talk about a concept of a modern world versus ancient body. And yeah. I think that's really going to play into our discussion later. So will you share that concept with people? Sure. And I'm pretty sure this is not my own concept, but it's just the words that I use to, to describe it. Our bodies evolutionarily, you know, have are essentially the same as we've been for hundreds of years, but our, food source and the foods we're eating are so different now than what they were. And this has to do with um, the, the actual, the science part of how you 
gain weight or grow or or lose weight. Um, and so um, it has to do with all of the hormones. Uh, sorry, do you think, sorry to do this to the, um, Sarah, could you, yeah, that help. I am like, when I'm looking at myself talking, I am like a disaster. I am so sorry about that. You're, you're I'm fine. complete. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, Sheila. That's just my I'm, I'm like a novice. <laughs> Talk, staring at your own face, talking to yourself is, is unnerving for most people. So Okay. I was this like, where should I? And then I was okay. like, I could look somewhere else. And then that just looks weird. So I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm making this harder than it is. No, has. you're doing great. It's fine. Okay. That's just not... <laughs> You know what? Our listeners will enjoy the fact that we're real people. So that's okay. Fine. Good. Well, they'll enjoy it then. <laughs> um, okay. So ancient body, modern food is the fact that the foods that we have available today were not available. Some of obviously, you know, some of them 50 years ago, and certainly not a hundred years ago, certainly not 200 years ago, but our bodies are essentially the same. So it used to be, um, it used to be that foods with sugar, uh, added sugars, we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about fruit or vegetables with, with natural sugars. We're talking about foods that have added sugar, um, all of the things, corn syrup, um, dec- malto, maltose, any, there's 70 plus names of sugars mm-hmm. um and our bodies weren't really designed to handle the amount of sugar that we're getting today um and the food system that we have adds sugar to most foods because it tastes good and it helps shelf life and all of that kind of thing and it increases sales um so to get into the science of things and i'm not sure if you want to briefly go to the science of whatever you want to go is fine okay of why too much sugar is not great for our bodies um let me hold on brent let me think for a second um If I can, if I could speak to, um, you know, we're trying to raise our kids who live in these ancient bodies, even though they're young, even though they're, you know, chronologically young people, the way that their hormones respond to the modern foods that are like kid foods, especially that is creating a lot of health problems and it is certainly driving the overweight epidemic in in our kids um when you have when you're eating foods with a lot of sugar in them your body responds to the sugar intake with an insulin spike um, or insulin your insulin raises up the insulin um opens up your cells to decrease the bloodstream, decrease the glucose out of the bloodstream to get the glucose into your cells for energy. 
if you're not using that extra, if, if you're not using that energy right then and there, your body stores that extra energy as fat. Um, and that has historically been <laughs> wonderful for survival because in ancient times, food wasn't readily available. Um, you would happen upon food and food was very seasonal. But today, in today's world, we have food. We have these foods with all of these sugars constantly available 24 seven. We can get them no matter what. Our body storage system still acts in the same way. Um, so we need as parents and as adults, we need to understand how our bodies and how our children's bodies are functioning in today's modern food system. And it's food choices that we make that are going to be so powerful for creating health and wellness in our family. All right. Before we roll to our sponsor, let me let me ask you, what is the most effective way for us to communicate the need for healthy choices in our lifestyle to our children? Well, I'll tell you how I do it with my son. Um, I think you just we just have to be very honest with our kids and say, you know, food is like fuel for our body. It's not only about eating the thing that tastes the best all the time. And we need to understand that our body is a machine and essentially like, you know, sometimes I, depending on the age of the child, you could say, well, your, your body is like a car and you wanna put in the proper gas in your car for your body to function well. And if you put in water, if we went to the gas station and I put in water instead of gas, my, my car wouldn't run very well. And so sometimes I think kids can really understand that. And, and also I think that they can under, start to understand like just because something is available and you can buy it and you can eat it or drink it it doesn't mean it's healthy for you and it doesn't mean it's something that you should be eating or drinking on a regular basis okay. it's it's amazing to me in my own health journey just like trying different foods right trying to make better choices digging in into finding stuff and it's like oh i thought that was healthy I know, I know. The sugars are everywhere. Ketchup, um, spaghetti sauce, anything, you know, even, even all of these healthy granola bars or fruit yogurt. Um, oh my goodness, my son came home from school the other day with a school breakfast, which was a packaged muffin and a little package of, cranberry um yeah dried cranberries craisins i guess um but 24 grams of added sugar in a in a tiny little package of cranberries which would explain why my daughters love craisins 
Yeah, which is important for parents to understand, all of us to understand, our brains are wired for sugar. This is, and, and wired to really like, oh, take take uh, notice. This is goes back to the ancient brain thing, we, or the ancient body we were talking about a few minutes ago. The human body developed to uh, keep doing things that are, you know, it found pleasurable, number one, um, and, and, and that are good for us. So sweet foods are an easy source of calories, and our brain really lights up when we eat something sweet. So historically, like way back in the day, people would, your brains would just take notice of eating something that was good and you would so you would keep doing it to pro prolong your survival and we still have those brains today you know of course i think sometimes I, of course our kids like to eat all the foods that that are available you know they actually taste good who doesn't like doritos right, <laughs> right. oh you, straight to the heart with that one <laughs> that, we've been trying to deal with some common concerns about parenting and healthy lifestyle choices as parents for our children with Sheila so far and just kind of leveling the playing field, getting into that spot where in the next half of the show, we're going to dig into the foundational building blocks of our children's health and what's really going to move the needle and help you as you try and raise healthy kids. We're going to roll our sponsor and we will be right back with more from Sheila. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys, I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast like i passionately love what i'm doing and one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like grow your show grow your show is a one-stop podcast do it all now i use grow your show for my marketing but grow your show is literally a one-stop shop you can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there it's amazing if you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you, I guarantee it. I trust him, he's my friend, he's my business colleague, and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. All right guys, we're back here with Dr. Sheila Carroll discussing the foundational building blocks of children's health. Now, Sheila, before we start hoeing this road and getting it all worked out here, what purchase of $100 or less did you make in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Oh. There's not a wrong answer, so. Hmm. Well, I guess I bought this really awesome wool blanket that I... <laughs> this is how boring I am. Right. Not boring. <laughs> that is so awesome at night, and it, it helps me like keep my temperature just right. <laughs> you just you just made Sarah's day. She's doing a happy dance in the background, even if you can't see it. And she just bought a new one. Oh, she did. Yeah, and it's a perfect. I love the color of it, and it looks great, and it's super functional and uh, pure wool, and I love it. So honestly, that's been the best purchase I've made in a while. <laughs> We, we've had shoes to shorts. We have one guy who he told me, man, I found the best pair of shorts ever. I bought one pair. I went back and bought like five more pairs. These shorts are like $70 a piece designer shorts. Yeah. I was like, 
but you know, hey, if that's what moves the needle for you, you got to be able to relax, and sleep well, and it's uh, there's no wrong answer to that. Okay. Like I said, Sarah just bought a brand new blanket for her to curl up with on the couch when we're sitting down in the evenings and stuff like that. So yeah, the so minute you said it, it was like ah. <laughs> Now, Sheila, you list food, sleep, movement, and stress management as the big issues we need to work inside to help our children with a healthy lifestyle. I want to kind of tackle those one at a time. So what's the most effective way to help our children with healthy food choices in general? Like how how can we get them the most, to recognize and convey that to them? Yeah, the most effective way, and it, it's the same thing for all of these choices, is to model is for the parents to model the behavior that they want their children to see our goal as parents is for most parents i think our goal is to guide you know co-pilot uh, enhance our children's lives and then eventually get them to the place where they are free and living on their own and making their own decisions. And so, you know, I'll just speak for myself with my son. My goal is to teach him. I have this very limited time with him, even though some days it seems like a long time, um, you know, 18 years or whatever, you know, sometimes it's longer than that. I hope it's a lot longer than that. Um, but I have a very limited time with him to have him absorb the things that I think are going to be the healthiest for him and keep him healthy and happy. And, and that when he's away from me, when he gets older, that he'll still be stepping into those healthy habits or healthy lifestyle choices on his own. Um, and by far and away, my experience has been the best thing that parents can do for their kids is to model the behaviors in all of the things that they want their child to do. The ch your child is always watching you. They're always learning from you. Um, good things and, you know, not, not so good things sometimes, even for myself, of course. Um, but, you know... The, every day or every day I used to be in the office, I see the, I see the way the children just worship their parents, even though they might not say it every day, the children are just loving their parents so much and following them and doing what they do. So if you want to really change things up or, you know, course correct, or even just slightly change to make it tweaks here and there to improve start with yourself as the parent and your child your child will follow you dads let, let me lean into this one just a little bit if you haven't had that moment where your child does something you're like what are you thinking and they're like well you do it all the time dad <laughs> you haven't had that moment yet it's coming it's absolutely coming and it is a wake-up call as a parent when you look at what something your child's doing and you're, you're like, oh, and you, you want to yell and you take that breath in and go, wait, she sees me do this all the time, right? 
it's a hard gut check. And we think about it sometimes with the way we act, right? We think about it maybe with our tempers, but this is every facet of your life. Your children are always watching. Even if you don't realize it, little eyes are always on you. So dads, it's time for us to take care of ourselves and step up and take care of our own health. We've talked about this on the show many times, not just for yourself, but because your children are watching. So if you're dealing with some issues because you've carried too much weight or you haven't taken care of yourself health-wise, you haven't stayed in the gym or eaten healthy, if you're developing issues or have some issues because of that, do you want your children to have them? Do you want them to go through it? Because they're going to follow your lead. Sorry, I'll get off my high horse because that one that one's st- uh, struck home pretty well. I just started dieting again because it's like, I've been sitting behind a computer too long and just munching unhealthy things and being lazy about what I'm eating and taking care of. And it's like, oh, I haven't been in the gym as much as I should. And so that one really sets in on me personally uh, because I, I know I'm making that mistake right now. And I'm trying to fix that. And that's okay. And starting, Brent, starting for, with yourself or me starting with myself and every single parent out there having compassion for themselves. And so the other thing that's so important for parents and and so important for the health of the child is for the child to feel completely accepted and loved by the parent. And, and I guess what I mean by that is, um, you know, kids look to their parents for their self-worth and their self-value so a parent if a parent so the parents need to feel good about themselves as the parent first because it's very hard to have tell your child or or model for your child feeling good about yourself if you don't actually feel that good about yourself you can you can still want to change things but at the very core for parents to understand that me as the parent, I'm a hundred percent worthy. I'm a hundred percent valuable. Even if I make mistakes, when I make mistakes, because I'm going to make mistakes, I'm valuable as a human being. My child is valuable as a human being. I don't need to change to be more valuable. My child doesn't need to change to be more valuable. We can change if we want to, but it's not going to make us better or more valuable humans. So I like really trying to make sure that parents totally, totally understand that and believe that because if you can mirror that for your child, your child is going to, your child is really going to start off with, I'm a hundred, I'm acceptable the way I am. I, my parents love me just as I am. And so I love myself just the way as I am. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Self-esteem is vital. Yeah. Your, your own and self-esteem. Parents, and kids learn that from their parents. Sorry to over-speak you. No, you're right. They're, they're here to listen to you. They hear me all the time anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, sleep is an unpopular topic when it comes to kids. Like, it's very polarizing. Parents either have really strong opinions about it one way or another or they think it's absolutely unimportant. 
what do we need to be doing with our kids as far as healthy sleep? Well, we need to make sure that everyone is getting sleep. You just can't be healthy. You can't be a healthy person if you're not sleeping well. I can tell you that as someone who's went through residency training and didn't sleep much. And then I was a hospitalist. I worked only in the hospitals for about uh, you know, 10 to 15 years of my career and I didn't sleep a lot. And it's very hard to eat right, uh, have the motivation or have the energy to work out, you know, get some, mo- get some movement in your, in your life. And just emotionally, it's very hard uh, when you're not sleeping. And the same thing goes for our kids. So um, I don't think that there's any under, there's no way to underestimate the power of sleep. That is by far and away that it seems like low hanging fruit to me. Like we should be, we all should be able to get really good sleep if we focused on it. But I think the first thing that comes before that is people really understanding how crucial it is for your overall health and overall well being. That's, uh, we actually have aligned ourselves with ghostbed.com as one of our sponsors. Because I, I think power of sleep is so important. Uh, personally, that's something I can stand behind. I sleep on one of their mattresses. I've slept so much better. I didn't I didn't realize the mattress was that important until I switched over. But it's that's one of the reasons I aligned with them as a sponsor. This is like, no, I can absolutely stand behind this because I, I've done a lot of personal training in the gym and trying to get clients to understand. It's like, no, what, what really needs to work is after you get out of here, mm-hmm. You need to go have some healthy food. Mm-hmm. You need to drink lots of water and you need to get lots of rest tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I can't oversell. It's like, you need to sleep. Oh, you're only sleeping five hours? No, 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 that's not good enough. You need to actually sleep. Right. Uh, and again, going back to our very ancient body, we used to, you know, sleep a lot more because there was no light. There were the, there, we didn't have the light bulb. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't certainly didn't have all of these devices providing constant entertainment um, that are really hard to turn off because they're designed to just keep us going. Um, but the power of sleep, especially for kids, I just can't, it can't be, un, it can't be overstated. It depends on how old your child is. There's, it's easy to find online, like how much sleep your child should be getting. My son's 11, so he's supposed to be getting somewhere between nine and 11 hours a night. Um, and so, what parents? What, so again, it just goes back to. I find like if parents truly believe that message and really understand the power of sleep and the benefits of sleep, then they feel very committed to getting that sleep Um, or helping their child get that sleep. If you're kind of not really buying into that, then the child might get less sleep um, on a regular basis. So my, my, you can't expect your child to just look at the clock and be like, oh, I'm, oh, it's nine. I'm supposed to go to bed now. They're just not going to do that. Our kids' brains are, don't, aren't like that. They are like in the moment, you know? But so that's where the parent acts in the child's best interest and shuts everything down and, and goes to bed. Everyone goes to bed. Our, our eight-year-old is actually surprised us once or twice. I'm like, is it bedtime yet? 
well, baby, if you're tired, go to bed. That's fine. I'll, I'll go tuck you in. Uh, it was one of those rare moments where both my wife and I went. Yeah. My sister has, has a son, like, or he's old. He's a, he's a 20 something now, but when he was a little guy, he would just grab his blanket and walk down the hall and be like, I'm, I'm going to bed. We'd be like, what? <laughs> but that's so good. You know, he knows he's listening to his body. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now uh, we, uh, we have some friends who think it's crazy because we still put our daughters to bed between eight thirty and nine usually yeah. at the latest. Yeah, like once or twice a year, 4th of July, they get to stay up late because it doesn't get dark till like 10 something here almost Okay, yeah. uh, on the 4th of July. So they get to stay up a little bit later because we wait till nine something before we start lighting fireworks because you can't see them otherwise. Okay. But most time we have several friends who are like, you just bed really early. Like, well, that's something I can control. My my eight year old will sleep in until you wake her up. Mm hmm. My 10-year-old, I'll be in my office working at 6 o'clock in the morning, and here she comes, right? But I can control when she goes to bed, yeah, right, and how she goes to bed. So I try and put them in the position to be successful that way and just let them wake up when they wake up. That's perfect. That's so, that's exactly right. We, uh, Sarah was saying, we do, did 7.30 for a long time. Mm. As they've gotten older, we finally fudged to eight and eight thirty. But it's like right. they're yeah. now they're trying to tell us like we can go to bed night now. Exactly, exactly. You know, I think it, as parents, like we need to understand some of these things. We just in our minds need to make them kind of non-negotiable for the majority of time. But certain, you know, special special days or you know holidays or whatever, once in a while. But. Um, for the vast majority of times, once the parent has decided and committed to knowing that this is the best thing for my child, it makes it so much easier to, to just be like, nope, we're going to bed, even when the child protests, um, which of course they will every potentially every single night. My son still is like, what? I'm in fifth grade. Why am I going to bed at 830? I said, because I believe it's the healthiest and best thing for you and 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 if i wasn't that committed to that then he'd be going to bed later and guys you can you can dig back i actually did a whole show on sleep routines with your kids uh because i have a very specific sleep routine that we've stuck with since my daughter was born right they they know i even have soundtrack for it like they are programmed. Adele 25 comes on, they still start yawning. Oh, like cool. Instantly, yeah. the minute she breaks with that first note, hello, <laughs> they just start fading. Uh, because I played it every night of their life with a few exceptions since they were born at bedtime. This is this is what comes on. That's so, a good tool. That's a good strategy. You know, things like that. That that is uh that's such a wonderful I gotta do some brainwashing. <laughs> it's like hey it's, it's what marketing does to you they they tune you into certain sounds and ideas as yeah. triggering certain responses right yeah. that's how our brains work guys if you're getting something out of this be sure to do all the good social media nonsense share this with somebody who would benefit from it that's the greatest thing you can do with the show right now is to share it with somebody who else who will benefit from hearing this show and having it in their lives 
depending on what platform you're on, leave us a review, give us a comment. I respond to all of our comments, do the thumbs up thing. Yay. All that good social media nonsense. Okay. Let's go back to the real show. Now, Sheila, let's talk about movement for a minute. We've become a very sedentary society. How much exercise and activity should we be making sure our children are getting in their days? Well, um, the, the, there's no like official recommendation, except I think most pediatricians and most, uh, most doctors would recommend that kids get one hour of activity a day. Uh, Maine has this, Maine started this uh, program called Let's Go, uh, and they, uh, and they have, it's five, two, one, zero, five fruits and vegetables a day, uh, maximum two hours of screen time a day, one hour of physical activity a day, and zero sugary drinks. And that's kind of like a public health message that um, has been taken up across the country. But um, I think you know, I like to use the word movement because sometimes I think exercise seems hard and scary and even painful to some kids. Um, but kids, as we all know, as parents, they just love to run around and love to love to love to play. So m turning the TVs off, turning the screens off, um, and just sometimes if I blow up like a little a balloon, not a helium balloon, but just a regular, like a party balloon. My son will chase that balloon around the house, keeping it up. We play keepers. Yeah, he's just having fun. He and his friends, the 10 year old boys running around this place, they're just having fun doing that kind of thing. So any kind of movement like that, I think for parents to use the word movement is really good let's just move our bodies we feel so much better that way and kids naturally like to do that kids also love to be outside so any kind of thing you can do outside with your kids they don't necessarily love well, most kids don't like to go on a walk like an adult would but they like to play something outside bubble you know just flow bubbles any kind of movement like that it doesn't really have to be breaking a sweat running i think you know the more people get used to moving their bodies, that the, the easier it is. Your girls love going on walks, Sarah said. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah's got them, uh, I don't want to say conditioned, into going for walks with her and taking the dog. And Well, they probably love that special time together. And they consider that, they're probably not even considering that as exercise. They're probably just thinking, you know, they're spending time with mom. And they right. love that, you know. You uh, I think using a dog or a pet is something good too, because lots of times kids will feel motivated to help their pet. Um, oh, our dog needs some exercise. Let's help our dog. You know, that kind of thing is a good is a good strategy too. Hear that? Lower the screen time, guys, and it helps take care of this whole situation. Yeah. Right. We we are so bad about this. The society has moved on, and technology has moved forward limit the screen time and and they'll become more active without you even doing much else when they, when they have to go play because they can't watch tv or play on their tablet or whatever they're more likely to do it yeah 
Just saying. And then after they're outside for 15 minutes and they're like, we're bored, we want to come back in, just say, nope, the screen is off. You know, we just, this is again, just where parents need to feel truly committed to the health, to the true wellness of their, of their child. And, and it's painful sometimes to have to keep arguing about, you know, I want to, I, you know, I, I don't want to watch, or I want to watch this. I want to use my screen. And, and sometimes it's just easier to say, fine, go ahead, you know, but truly like it's worth it for your child to, it's, it's worth it for you to set the boundary. And, and re when you really believe that movement is important and even just, even if say it's pouring rain and I still think limiting screen time and they're just bored in the house or playing with their games in the house. That's so powerful and they need that too. Yeah, too much, too much screen time is a real problem. Our daughters like to sit on uh, my wife's exercise bike while they're homeschooling, right? They'll have a, because we're a part of a video system, right? So they're watching lessons online. From, and so they'll, if they can get away with it, they'll sit on the exercise bike while they're watching their class or whatever. Good. Yeah. It's been the most useful thing about that bike right there. <laughs> you look, stress management seems like it should be a really important topic. I think a lot of adults are out of touch with how much stress is involved in childhood these days, right? Because we all fall into that. Well, you know, back in my day, well, I'm 43. Back in my day was a while ago now, right? I mean, it's, it's not like 100 years ago, but it's life has changed a lot in the last 20 yeah. years, in the last 30 years. Yeah. And I think sometimes as adults, we underestimate the modern stresses on our kids so we don't realize that they are. It's not an intentional negligence to it, but we don't realize the level of stress in their life at such a younger level now. Right. How can we help deal with the idea of stress with our children and help them manage that? Because they have to do it. We can only help them do it. Right. So how do we start that conversation with them and approach this? So again, starting with yourself and understanding how do you as the parent manage your own stress? And what do you do um, to you know, understand your own emotions and understand you know, mind management strategies for yourself as an adult? knowing that your child's brain is not, you know, cognitively advanced. There's part of our brain and the very front part of our brain is called the prefrontal cortex. This is kind of like the, um, you could think of it like the CEO of your life. Um, it's really good at planning things, um, following through on things. Uh, it's all the executive functioning skills that kids don't have right now. This part of our brain is not really fully formed until we're 25, 26 years old. Um, so kids are really being a little bit run by the more ancient part of their brain or the primitive part of their brain, um, which is more of a reactive brain. So I think something that parents can do is help kids understand and allow whatever feelings and emotions they're having at the time. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, naming emotions, learning when they're re- when they're young, um, or really any time, but trying to name whatever you're feeling is so important for kids. And when a parent, when a child's able to name or or a parent helps their child name what they're feeling, and then the parent allows them to feel that way without trying to change it or, oh, that feels yucky, or that's a bad, that's a negative feeling, that's a negative emotion, we got to get you feeling more positive. Teaching our kids from a very young age that experiencing negative emotion is a big part of life. And, and even, we're not seeking that out, obviously. But when it's coming to us, learning to accept it, learning to acknowledge it, learning to kind of ride through it, and knowing that it will go away, then if a kid can learn that very early on, you know, it would save so many behaviors that become problematic down the line. Overeating, over drinking, over shopping, over anything, right? Over when you're over scrolling. When you when a child can learn, okay, what am I really feeling? And it's okay for me to be feeling that way. And all I need to do is just sit with this feeling right now and with the help of the parent. But the parent needs to learn how to do that first. Okay. I feel like I like to give really actionable intel here. Okay. So just, you know, quick, simple steps. What are the first three steps our, impl- our listeners can take right now after this podcast to start making healthy change in their family's lifestyle? My first, well, I'm not sure this is, it is an action, it is a to-do thing, but it's it's a little bit more, you're not going to be able to stick to anything until you really understand why you're doing something in the first place. Because if, if you're just doing something because someone's telling you to do it or, and you don't truly believe it's in the best interest of yourself and your child, you're not going to be able to stick with it. So parents spend some time thinking, maybe writing it out even, why, why do I think it's important for me and my child to, to potentially change these habits we have or live a healthy lifestyle? That would be my one that would be my first thing is like understand why you want to change something in the first place that is absolutely an action item so you're doing great okay um and then number two i think i am a huge proponent of trying to decrease the amount of sugar our kids are getting um added sugars Um, I think if you looked at like the WHO, the American Heart Association, all of these major bodies, the CDC, they recommend that kids get six teaspoons of sugar a day, 24 grams of sugar um, or less a day. And actually, if you're under two years old, you're not supposed to have any added sugars. So you're not supposed to be eating any of those, you know, cute, adorable little puffs or things that that the marketing people have made all these companies. Everybody gets, yeah. Yeah. So I think trying to help, uh, like I use the term with my son, reset to factory settings, like reset our brains and, and our taste buds, your taste buds turn over every 14 days. So if we can try to decrease 
the total amount of sugar our kids are getting, it'll help everything. It'll help sleep. It'll help mood. It'll help cognitive, you know, cognitive learning. It'll help behavior. Um, it'll certainly help with uh, weight and hormonal things with, with kids who are struggling with an extra weight. Um, so I guess the first st actionable step would be for the parents to read the labels and find all the places that extra sugar is creeping in to it's your, everywhere. what? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's everywhere. I know, but it, it, it's actually, it, there's, and you know, it's, it's not too overwhelming to make changes though. It is everywhere. And at the same time, you can make swaps that are there's they make ketchup with no sugar they make spaghetti sauce with no sugar they make uh, bread with no sugar added and things like that um and so i think that you know reading the labels and figuring out what you're actually eating is uh is is the second big to-do step uh, for parents okay figure out why Hmm? figure out why educate yourself on it mm -hmm. third step i guess the third step that i recommend is parents go first meaning you make these changes for yourself potentially before changing your whole family step out be the leader of your family make a change for yourself see how you feel if you get say you give up flour and sugar or give up whatever you know get to bed on time start getting some movement on a regular basis you make these changes first for yourself you'll see how good you feel you will be so committed and driven to want your child to feel equally as good so that's my that's my third step for parents i think a lot of this lifestyle all like i mentioned right at the very beginning so much can be done to help our kids without them without asking them to change anything we change as the parents we change ourselves and the trickle down effect will greatly improve our kids lives in everything next for dr sheila carroll what did you say? Sorry, Ms. What is next for you? Oh, what's next? Um, well, you know, part of my reason for doing this is I was an overweight kid. I started being overweight around nine or 10 myself and have struggled with my weight, honestly, my whole life. Um, and it's, it's hard, I want to say. It's just hard to be an overweight kid. And for some kids, and maybe for some kids, it's not. I don't know. But for me, it was. And it affected so much of my life. Um, and and so I think I, I just feel like we can, we can help our kids and save them years of struggling. And uh, we, can, we can help ourselves. And that will help our kids. And that will help the kid, your kids, kids, your grandchildren change the patterns of, of the future generations. So I'm just, you know, next for me is just trying to figure out ways to help people more and, um, 
empower parents to to help their children. Parents are already helping their children and doing so well, but to really step into their full power. Sometimes I think parents think like, oh, okay, now we gotta go to the pediatrician, they'll tell us what to do, or go to the dietitian and tell us what to do, or go to the therapist, or I'll send my kid to a therapist, they'll tell them, actually, you as the parent, yes, use all those people for resources, but you as the parent can can do all of that yourself with appropriate help and support yourself. I can totally see you doing a, a elementary age reader, a kid's book. I, I think you would be great at that. Just oh, thanks. Like, Thank I, you. I can like totally see it just building in my head that you would be excellent as a source to write a book for kids to help them understand these things. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, things like that would be, yeah, I think so beneficial. Yeah, that's what I just want to, let's just help our kids like be as happy and healthy as possible. So your website, the best place to find you or somewhere yes, else? Yes, my website is the best place to find me. That was an adventure making that. <laughs> if you if you don't know how to do it, it definitely is. I, yeah. I started doing websites years ago and I well, still Going from being a doctor to kind of being a coach or an entrepreneur is, is, uh, has been fun and exciting and a growth opportunity for me. So it's been, it's been great. Guys, that's www.sheelacarolmd.com. We will, of course, have links in the description for everything to make sure that you can find Sheila and that you can continue this journey that you're starting on this show into her world she can help you far more than i can let her do in this show guys so go check her out after sheila we're gonna wrap this up what is the big takeaway the biggest takeaway you want parents to hear today on this show you want them to leave with i want them to leave with knowing that they are the most important person in their child's life and they can help their child. You know, I specifically try to help parents help their children with their weight, but it, it kind of goes to anything. Parents, you are the most important person in your child's life. They're watching what you do. And so the work that you're willing to do on yourself will 1000% benefit your child. Sounds good. I like it. It's all on us. That's we're we're big into uh, personal responsibility here. So thank you, Dr. Carol, for sharing with us, taking the time to be here today, and for thank sharing you. your knowledge with us. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. I'm I'm so excited about this conversation. I cannot wait to share this out, guys. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fellable Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.